You're listening to the Concession Stand Podcast on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. From movies and tech to WWE and video games, come let your geek flag fly with your hosts, Nick Howe and Andy Nelson. It's a new like intro thing. What did you? What? What was it? What is that? It was a surprise. I I've been holding that out on you for at least a couple of weeks now, but that was uh, that was your surprise. Oh my god, <laughs> that <laughs> was awesome! You think? You that like was that? awesome. Yeah. Well, I hope you listeners liked it too. Of course, welcome back to the concession stand. This is episode fifteen. I am your host, Nick Howell. With me, as always, Mr. Andy Nelson. Have you had a good week, sir? I, I, it's tough to, to it's tough to process that after you've just <laughs> you've just given me the new intro. That's awesome. Oh uh, man, who, who was that guy? Was that Tony Todd from Candyman? Or like, what was that? That is, he is known as DJ Bryant D. Cool, and he does uh, DJ drops and radio mixes and stuff like that for a lot of commercials and you'll hear you know stuff like that on the radio for intros and things like that but no there's a lot of guys out there that do that kind of stuff for that and uh yeah so how about we give him a, a special salute <coughs> yes let's do another stone cold salute i said give me a hell yeah ah, delicious Love it, love it. Thank you, DJ Bryant D, for that awesome intro. Yeah, man, that was awesome. Woo! All right, so the Council of Hats saga continues. Yeah. Uh, as we talked about last week, we told the story at the end of the show about uh, how we basically had this random guy come over and tell us tell the story about the or introduced himself to the Council of Hats. Right. right? Well, when we showed up at the bar on Monday night to uh, just any other normal Monday night, there was a, a sign yeah. on the end of the bar. And this wasn't our doing. No, not at all. So uh, thank you, Ian, uh, the, uh, the the barkeep there. Uh, Ian Malcolm, yeah. not, not Dr. Ian Malcolm, Jeff Goldblum's character <laughs> yes. from Jurassic Park, but another guy that we know very well and is a, is a fan of the show now, which uh, we're happy that he's listening. Amazing. He put a, a, like, a, like a reserved thing out that says, Reserved for the Council of Hats. And he was, I guess, literally pushing people away from these seats, knowing that we were coming up at some point because, of course, Monday night, Middle Madness at our local watering hole. Yes. So thank you, Ian. It was great to have a reserved section. I thought it was absolutely hilarious. And one of the other jokes is somebody taped a Magnum condom to to the sign. I don't really know what that was about. Well, apparently that was his hat. That's what what I was told. (laughs) So. Oh, that's fucking hilarious. Oh, man. (laughs) Don't, anyway, don't listen, kids. Right? Yeah, this is an explicit show. <laughs> uh, look, we've got a ton of stuff to cover. We're going to jump right into it so much uh, this week because there's a lot going on. Uh, We're going to start things out with a little TV and movies. So you watched um you watched a movie that was you know was supposed to be a pretty big hit this summer, but it kind of tanked a little bit. Um, you watched Magnificent Seven. I haven't seen that yet. I'm anxious to hear about it. Okay, so uh, Magnificent Seven, as you know, is a remake of Magnificent Seven, which is also a remake of Seven Samurai, which is Seven Samurai is one of my all-time favorite movies, the Kira, Kurosawa movie. Um, so this was the modern version of that, uh, and we had all of the same uh, archetype characters that we did in all of those other movies. It's the same thing. The main villain is Peter Skarsgård. I didn't buy him as the main villain, but I thought uh, the the ensemble cast of Denzel Washington and Chris Pratt and Vincent D'Onofrio and Byung Young Kim from uh, the guy that played Storm Shadow in the mm-hmm. G.I. Joe movies yes. uh, and Ethan Hawke, who had worked with the director Antoine Fuqua, uh, who did Training Day with Denzel and Ethan, Ethan and Hawke. Hawke. Yeah. Um, that all works for me. Uh, it was, as I was watching it, I was like, oh, this is really well made and the action scenes were really great and the gunplay was cool. But I just kind of felt like I was watching it. It didn't really like blow me away. Right. But again, I knew the story. So I knew how it was going to kind of end and I knew what was going to happen. But as far as like a remake of it in a modern world, yeah, it was cool. But, uh, you know. Looking back on it, is that something you wished you had seen in the theaters? No. No. no it, does, okay. it doesn't matter. I, 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 had the, I had the same experience at home. Um, you know, it was loud. And I have a home theater, so it was loud and, and boisterous and gunplay. And it was great. But many of you may have seen it, and it's it's a fun watch. It's it's definitely worth a rental. It's definitely worth I don't know if you'd buy it on iTunes, but it's definitely worth a rental. It's 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 worth it. Or you could wait a couple months till it's on Netflix or one of the things. It's a good movie. Yeah. It's just, it's not Kind like, of a Sunday B movie yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. But, okay. uh, but again, the big takeaways for me, Denzel's great in it, but Denzel's great in everything. 
uh, especially when it works with Antoine Fuqua. And uh, uh, Chris Pratt does his Chris Pratt thing, and D'Onofrio does a fun take on a certain character, and D'Onofrio disappears. You know, it's 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 fun. It's it's just it doesn't blow me away like Magnificent Seven should have. Right. So you watched a movie, this whole Snowden thing, and I'm not a huge fan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm actually not a fan at all of him, except for when he's in a Christopher Nolan movie. But uh, what, what, Snowden, tell me about it. Well, this was Oliver Stone's take on the the Snowden canon, whatever you want to call that. And we've already had Citizen Four, which was the actual Lauren Poitras documentary of him in Hong Kong going through the process of it, which I absolutely loved watching. What we got to see with Oliver Stone's take was a little bit more cinematic and a little bit more you know, creative license, if, if you want to use that phrase. We got to see him uh, or the portrayal of him interacting, coming up through the military, hurting himself, and how he went in, discovered the things over and over. Nicolas Cage had an interesting cameo uh, in this film. I really? thought as almost like a mentor oh. that encouraged him to take the things out. So... Uh, it's absolutely a must-watch. You oh, should watch it. Okay. Fantastic performances all around by everybody, including Joseph Gordon-Levitt, who kind of mastered the kind of like nasally tone that Snowden has. <laughs> and he, you can tell he worked on that, right? Yeah. Um, the, the portrayal of him, the portrayal of uh, his girlfriend, his travels back and forth, how he got in. Telling the timeline, Oliver Stone is just an absolute master at that kind of – at his craft. Sure. So – no problems there. You know, I three to four out of five for me as far as this movie is concerned. It's definitely a, a must-watch film of the year. Really, really good performances all around. Okay. Um, if you're in any way interested in what actually happened and why he did what he did, and spoiler alert, Edward Snowden does show up at the end of the film. Interesting. So you have to believe that the film had his blessing. Yeah, and that it was told accurately, and or he was working with Ollie to make sure that it it was told accurately or it was told properly. Right, the timeline of events, the feelings, and the way things went down, uh, the frustrations that his girlfriend had with him, all of that stuff. So definitely check out Snowden. It was really really good. If you haven't seen it yet, hey. So uh, remember last week we talked about this uh, the Spectral movie that was going to be on uh, Netflix, and yeah. we saw that amazing trailer. It looked really cool. It's kind of like a Gears of War slash something. Um, so that came out this week. Did you watch it? I didn't. I, I haven't seen it yet, but I, I think it's one of those that we both need to watch ASAP because I've heard really good things from people that have seen it. All right. Well, we'll have to check that out. But uh, you know what? There were a bunch of trailers that dropped this week, and here we are in like the holiday season. We want to make sure you know about all this stuff before Rogue One comes out, which we'll talk about in a second. Um, first oh one that God. yeah, the, the first one that the first one that jumps out of me the uh, the the Spider Man Homecoming trailer came oh, yes. out. Oh man. They finally got it right. I know. They finally got it right. And it just looks amazing. I it, mean, even as good as Toby was, and we have to give him full credit, he kind of nailed the Peter Parker part. In but, the first two movies. In the first two movies. Yeah, in the first still. two, yes. Sure. Uh, but then it just got ridiculous and silly. Uh, but I will say that this guy's looks way better. And I don't know if it's just because they've gone through the trial and error of trying to get it right between Toby and Andrew Garfield. This kid and the story. I don't know if I like Homecoming. As a title, eh, I don't know. Doesn't sound very spidey. Uh, but- they they got to come up with something. They've called it Spider Man, whatever. Yeah, you know. I I think this trailer's great, and in we saw a first glimpse of him in Civil War earlier this year, mm-hmm. and he was great in that. And it seems like this is uh, uh and and this is a, the whole thing with this is it's the Fox like Sony like or Marvel Sony handshake that's going not Fox, but uh, the Marvel and Sony handshake that's like okay, we'll let you borrow Spider Man for your your uh, Civil War movie, but we got to borrow somebody from your uh, your universe for the Sony movie, and it's RDJ, it's Robert Downey Jr., and in the trailer, uh, we may have seen like the only scenes that Downey's going to be in in the entire movie, but it's gold, yeah. and it's great, and it's and it kind of <laughs> gets... not a hug, and I'm it just ca- opening the door it's, for you it's to great. get out. It, it kind of continues on with like the relationship that they had in Civil War, yeah. which is cool, and and this Spider-Man is, is the Spider-Man that it's supposed to be, like this teenage, like, I don't even know why, why I have these powers, and like he's all excited about it, and he's funny, and he has a bunch of quips, and like they even had that like Avengers thing at the beginning of this trailer, which is great, they make it not of the other movies. Um, and again, we'll never see these, these two universes cross, but, uh, uh, I'm excited about it. I think, uh, this is, this is how it's supposed to be a young teenage kid that has these powers that has no business hanging out with these old adult superheroes, <laughs> yeah. right? But which you, they've already established. So this works for me and I, and I, and I like what they've done with this kid and I think it's going to be good. I'm mostly curious to see where they 
intertwine him with the rest of the Marvel universe as far as it comes to the Avengers and things like that. Or but how, uh, yeah, how that's all gonna how they're all gonna share at this point. But yeah, you're right. Exactly. So another one that dropped this week uh, was Vin Diesel and the family is back <laughs> in Fast Eight, or as it's prop- aptly titled, Fate of the Furious. Not the Fast and the Fate of the Furious. No, and okay. this is I don't know if it's not Michael Bay, but it's just and <laughs> it looked, that's the feeling it like it. It's just overload like yeah. every scene bass drop boom yeah, yeah. <laughs> submarine jumps Family. out of an iceberg <laughs> yeah. yeah you know yeah that was what I, I was just sensory overload with that trailer i didn't even really notice the first time i watched it that dom is turning coat and going against him uh it, it took a couple of times watching it to really get the feel for that because i was just so overwhelmed by all the the cars and the plo- explosions yeah. and <laughs> Oh god! I, I it saw, looks like it's going to be an absolute blast. Yeah, it looks like a lot of fun. I saw Fast One a long time ago. Whenever that came out, I missed two 2000. through seven. Sure, I missed two through seven. I think the Rocks and a couple of them. Yeah. I want to see it. This trailer is great. Uh, I think you mentioned it when we were watching it. This kind of has like an Expendables feel to it because suddenly yes. like Kurt Russell shows yes. up and Jason Statham shows up and he's like the transporter and like Charlize Theron shows up with like really long hair. It's like, what are all these people? And then she makes out with Vin Diesel and it's like, what? And then cars blow up and a submarine jumps out of a glacier and like, all right, I'll see it. Yeah, uh, just for the spectacle of this, yeah. I really hope it's in yeah. IMAX because yeah. uh, I will be lined up to see. That, to me, is worth paying $20 yes, to see. just like we said about Transformers last week. Yes, exactly. Uh, a couple of other trailers to talk about real quick. Uh, Dunkirk. We saw Christopher Nolan's latest project uh, get a trailer finally. And I, I don't know. Um, I always want to have respect for these kinds of timepieces that they are, but I, I don't know how many more of these they can make. Yeah. I don't know how many more... We can just not be overloaded with these things. They are fantastic pieces of history, as sad as they are that we as a world had to go through that. Sure. That uh, that just, I don't even know how to describe it, world war. But at the same time, it's just, it's repetitive at this point. We're, we're seeing, yes, you're telling a different story of a different battle, but at the same time, you're, it, it's, it looks like they hire the same color grader, color corrector from Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it was in the same time period, the same costumer. The sure. S- so I'm, I'm wondering what are we getting different that's not just a bunch of di- it's, digital effects? It's Saving Private Nolan, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, you throw Kenneth Branagh on the screen, and I got excited when I saw him because that guy just is is a he just I love that guy Kenneth Branagh. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't know the story. I don't know where we're gonna go with this, and I should I should know more about the historic story of this. I know where Dunkirk is in the in Europe, but uh, it's Christopher Nolan. It looked like Wally Fister might have been the DP, and it's and, you know they, like the trailer was like. It was done like every single other Christopher Nolan trailer. It had the same font, had the same like boong, like uh, Hans Zimmer type music. Whether or not he yeah. does the score, I don't know. I haven't read up yet. Um, it's Christopher Nolan. It's a summer movie. It's it's action. It's it's a period piece. I'm going to see it, but but that trailer, like you said, did not get me like overly no. excited about it. No, I, I don't know if I'll see that one in the theaters. That's probably a wait till it comes to video for me. But there's another war movie coming in next summer that looks amazing. I will definitely be seeing War of the Planet of the Apes oh my God. in the theater. Oh, my God. It looks so over the top and awesome. And just we're finally getting to that penultimate battle in the story of this whole Planet of the Apes reboot that has happened. Yeah. Uh, where This is the fourth movie now? Third. 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 I thought they had made three more. Anyway, uh, it looks fantastic. You made a comment about you're not even sure if it's Andy Serkis's eyes or if they're digital anymore. Yeah, like because it's so realistic. The effects look so good, and we're 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 so far away from it. it could even get better. The only thing that took me out of it, uh, to be honest with you, was Woody Harrelson. Like I just don't, I just don't see Woody Harrelson in the. In the uh, Apes universe, am right. I wrong with that? Like, yes, he was. Oh, he was he's up there shaving yeah, his head with like, a yeah, knife. Yeah, he was and- cool in like the Hunger Games <laughs> stuff. Like, he was actually okay in that. But like, uh, Woody Harrelson is like the main baddie. I just don't buy it. He's like, yeah. he's just a fucking pothead, right? I, I, well, I mean, he's a pretty good actor. But- he is, but still. Uh, and he narrated most of the trailer for, or at least some of the dialogue for, from what I can remember. Okay. But, uh, look, this is kind of the climax of this trilogy. And I don't know where they'll take it from here. Is it a trilogy? There were like 25 Apes movies in uh, the 60s, no. so who Jesus. knows? They could we keep we going. might get even more of them. So uh, what I want to say is, look, there's apes driving, riding horses and driving Jeeps and shit around. And I think I read an article, fun side story here, that the chimpanzees have officially, of the world, of Earth, have literally entered the Stone Age. Oh, 
So if you think about the evolutionary cycle of humankind, oh, you've got where we came from. All right, the actual real chimps, chimpanzees of the world, are in what is the equivalent of our Stone Age. Interesting. So that just makes my mind go. Yeah. Science! Yeah, so this movie, with that in mind, just gives a whole new twist to things. Hey, so last week we talked about uh, my final viewing of The Suicide Squad. Not final. Well, it will be my final. I'm not going to watch it again. <laughs> um, I we, wish it was the I, final uh, yeah, it was me fi- Right, it was me finally watching The Suicide Squad. And one of the things that we talked about, there were two things that we actually liked about it that we agreed on. Number one, Margot Robbie as uh, Harley Quinn. And number two, Deadshot as... Uh, uh, Will Smith. Will Smith is Deadshot. Yeah, we hated the Joker. Forget the Joker. Yeah. Here's the thing. We found out this week that they're going to make another movie with Margot Robbie as Harley Quinn, but not like a Justice League movie, but like a separate thing. So it's like maybe they're doing something smart. This is also going to be directed by David Ayer, who was the director of Suicide Squad. He's not going to write it, so maybe it'll be a different script. But it's going to be him directing her again, and he got a great performance out of her. Whether or not it was just her or him or the combination of the two. Um, this movie coming out and we don't know when is called Gotham city sirens. And so the idea with this movie is it's Harley Quinn, poison Ivy and Catwoman. And to me, this sounds like an exciting movie. It's kind of like a weird dark Charlie's angels in the Gotham yeah. universe, right? Maybe, but I think this movie only works if you cast poison Ivy and Catwoman. Well, we've already got Harley Quinn nailed That's and, they, and they have the chemistry between the three of them to yeah, but, carry a two hour film. And then, and then, and the other thing is like, what do they do? What, what villain do they face? I don't know. Aren't they but sidekicks? But it would actually, but it would vil- actually be a good guy, right? They're bad guys. So I don't know. Maybe they face Robin. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. Oh, I don't know. Or Nightwing. That'd be cool. Um, the other thing that came out of this story was the fact that apparently Warner Brothers is now working on a standalone Deadshot movie with Will Smith, mm. which would be great, which would be great. And if they could figure out a way to get Affleck in that movie as the quote unquote villain, even though he's right. a good guy, because of the history of the one or two good scenes that we saw in Suicide Squad, that would be fantastic. So what are your thoughts on Ayer getting another shot after this kind of the whole controversy around Suicide Squad? I mean, I'm, I'm wondering if... It, a lot of it was exec problems. I mean, we had all those letters come out. They had that anonymous open letter. Yep, yep. We had how Suicide Squad was terrible, how Warner Brothers is just trashing DC and all all that stuff. So Ayer, off the back of Suicide Squad, is it? does that signal that Suicide Squad was a success? Well, financially, it absolutely was. It made a bajillion dollars, even yeah. though everybody hated it. It made a ton of money. It's making a shit ton of money in home video and iTunes views and all that sort of stuff. I don't know. I, I Like I said... The guy can make a good movie. We saw Fury. Fury's great. Um, Suicide Squad, whatever it was, and he had to do a, a big ensemble cast. Like, I don't need to ever see a movie with uh, Killer Croc or Diablo or any of those people. But again, the, the the people that we took out of that were great. So maybe if you take a giant ensemble movie and you whittle it down to three people and three characters that everybody knows, rather than, uh, who's that Killer Croc guy? Hey, wait, who's that uh, Enchantress girl? If you say Poison Ivy, Catwoman, and Harley Quinn, people know who those people are. So... Whatever they do, assuming they have a reason to be in a movie, maybe it's good. And if if, if they do have a good reason, Ayer can make it work. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Justice League 2 apparently was pushed back because Ben Affleck is making another, yet another, solo Batman film called The Batman. Yeah, we knew about this. We knew that, Batman, uh, that Affleck is going to make this Batman movie. He's going to direct it, number one, and write it. And uh, the main villain supposedly is going to be Deathstroke, right? So I guess this movie is so good from the early stuff that that, that uh, the Warner Brothers brass have read that they're going to push the Justice League 2 movie back. So right now, Man of Steel 2 is very close to going into production. They're going to go into uh, uh, Batman, and then I guess maybe if we're, if, we're, if we're good enough that that all of these two movies will then combine into second Justice League movie. I can't speak on the Justice League universe, but when I hear I could see a Batman movie after a Superman movie, I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. Those are probably my two favorite all-time characters. Um, yeah, easily, those Might two guys. Well. Hey, we watched that Mummy trailer last yes. week, but... Tom Cruise raves about somebody we didn't know. Apparently, Russell Crowe is going to be in The Mummy as... Right! Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Right! I, yeah. Oh, my God! And it, he said his performance is amazing. I'm just... Uh, that makes me that much more excited. Now I want Frankenstein. Now I want Dracula. Yeah. Oh, God. I'm so excited about this whole Universal Movie Monsters thing because that they're doing it right. 
They're doing it right. I can't wait to see this movie. So I think, first of all, that they should do something since Fast and the Furious 8 or whatever is owned, and then now they have all of these other people in it, right? So they should do like a universal universe <laughs> with the Fast and the Furious 8 guys. We got Kurt Russell. We got Jason Statham. It's like a, the mashup of like all of those great action people against all of those great monsters. That's what's coming in like 2020. So, so the Fast and Furious family, yeah. their next villain is yeah. going to be like uh, Frankenstein. Yes, it's the super movie. It's all of the. It's like the Expendables <laughs> versus the Expendables villains. Right. That's coming in like 2027. Stay tuned. I have an important thing that I need to say to you right now. All right. We are 48 hours away from seeing Rogue oh One. My god! Oh, my God. What is happening? Oh, man. It can't get here fast enough. I am so excited about this. Uh, it is, I, the more, I'm trying to stay blacked out, but the <laughs> yeah, more I yeah. see and hear about it, I, I, I'm i going to repeat what I said last week. I think it's going to become my favorite Star Wars movie. I think it's going to make $500 million by the end of the year. If it gets crazy and wipes out all the other movies, it could, it could get upwards of a billion by the, uh, by the time we get to January. I mean, because it's got a good solid oh, yeah. two weeks and a holiday mixed in there as yeah. well. Two big weekends and a holiday. So I, I don't know, man. This could get stupid. Yeah, it really could. And, and the early reviews are kind of out. And like you, I'm on a media blackout. I'm just reading simple headlines. Simple headlines are Rogue One is the most adult Star Wars movie. Rogue One uh, will have your heart beating like crazy until it's over. That's all I'm reading. I'm not watching uh, TV spots. I'm not watching nope. anything. Like, anything I see that like Star Wars comes up, I'm like, ah! and I cover my eyes. I don't want to see it. <laughs> right? And we, right. like you said, we are 48 hours away, dude. We are going to see this movie in a movie theater at 8 o'clock on Friday night. And oh. I cannot wait. Oh, my God. So speaking of Star Wars, let's talk about some tech. So today, is it today or tomorrow? I think it was, it was yesterday. It was actually. yesterday. It's actually yesterday. Uh, Uber in LA decided they were going to do this fun thing with they were going to have the X-wing rocket car. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really sure what the hell this was all about, but apparently you could open your Uber app and instead of picking like Uber Pool or Uber X, you could pick Uber X-wing rocket. <laughs> Car, yeah. car ship, yeah. X-wing car ship is yep. what they called it. Yep, and a big rig would come up to where you were and unload this car so you could take pictures with it if you were lucky enough. It's not like everybody right. got to do that, but yes. But they laid out this map of time schedules of the areas of LA right. they were going to be in, right? But you, it doesn't actually take you anywhere. I'm curious how much this cost. <laughs> Did it still cost you twenty dollars? But you didn't get to go anywhere. So it's like if you're trying to get a ride somewhere, like you can't. But it's like, well, at least I get to like <laughs> get my picture with this like X-wing car that Uber's providing. But whatever. I mean, sure. Yeah, it's fun. Look, I, Uber was doing something else this week that was to me a lot more significant. Uh, they, for the first time, we had Johnny Cab. In, in San Francisco, Uber launched the first pilot of self-driving cars in San Francisco. Now they did it a couple. Uh, they did it a couple of months ago. I think. I think Pittsburgh was the first place they did it. But now, really, yeah. I didn't know about that. Yeah. So uh, now they've they've done it in in uh, San Francisco and. Uh, we talked last week where you're like, there's going to be no Apple car, but there are going to be self-driving cars, and that's already started. So uh, you could get an Uber self-driving car that's going to take you. I don't think they're going to take you on long trips. I, think I it's don't be know like, if I want to get in the back seat of that car <laughs> yeah. and have yeah. no recourse or no control over if something goes wrong. Yeah. You're just hanging on for the ride. Sure. Well, something else that we've been anticipating for some time now, uh, since the announcement, I believe it was in September, Yep. Uh, Apple finally launched the TV app. Today and, and TVOS for the update for the Apple TV, uh, and we hadn't seen it yet. So when you came over here to record, we sat down and we updated my Apple TV and uh, took a look at it. I got to say, uh, it's going to take a little bit of effort to re—I don't know—recurate the collection again of across all of the apps because each of them do that in their own specific way. But I like the meta approach that this gives you uh, to do that across all of the apps. Now, I'm genuinely impressed with it. It doesn't look very intimidating. It doesn't look like it's hard to use. Uh, it looks like it's very straightforward. Let's not let's not forget. You can actually, while this Apple TV app actually exists, the TV app exists on your Apple TV, and it'll curate, like you said. It also exists on your phone. Yep. It also exists on your iPad. So whatever you decided to watch, somehow it will sign in and know what you're watching. So it's it's a TV app that that basically, like you said, curates everything uh, through your through your Apple device. Whether it's the TV, 
whether it's the other thing. Right. So far, it looks like it only does Hulu and HBO Now. Right. They don't have a deal with Netflix. Maybe that's coming. But like, if you if you had some more apps like I do, uh, it, it would it would it would be like, yo, you're Disney Junior. Oh, you're with that, and you're with it's that. It's going to work with all of those. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Whatever they've made a deal with. Oh, but, okay. But but uh, you don't have as many. But uh, as far as launch, it's right. Hulu and HBO Now so far, and, and a f- and a few more. Yeah. And I can vouch to all of the you guys that are curious about this. It works. It it literally works. It's uh it it shows you everything. You can create your watch list and all that stuff. It, it essentially saves you the step of logging into all the different apps to find what you want, rather than you know, with this you can just go Apple TV app, the TV app, and then there it is. It looks fantastic. I'm very excited about it. We also got some news about leaked pricing for the 7S phones already. Yeah, this is speculation, but yeah. Um, what they're saying is that uh, next year, remember we talked about like typically like, okay, so the iPhone 7 came out this year and the 7 Plus. I know people that still haven't gotten theirs yet and they ordered it back in October. Oh, I don't know how we're already talking about 7S and 8 a year from now We've been, and they yeah. still haven't gotten their seventh. Yeah. This is maddening. I know. And, and that's their thing now. But I guess next year, if, if we're to, if we're to stick with the typical Apple uh, release cycle, next year would be the seven S and the seven S plus. Right. Yeah. But the speculation that we're reading about now is that the iPhone eight will also come out next year. Right. At the same time as the seven S. Yes. But then it'll be like this premium product. That's weird. So think, okay. so think about this. So, uh, next year, like the price point that we had for the Apple Seven and the Seven or the Seven and the Seven Plus this year, next year they'll come up with a price point of like whatever it is, six hundred for the Seven, eight hundred for the Plus for the Seven S and the Seven Plus. Yeah. But then, if you want, you could spend even more and get the iPhone Eight, which supposedly, again, this is all speculation, that you would get the iPhone Eight, which is a complete redesign. So the seven and the seven S and the whatever are all going to be similar to the six and the six S. There's not really like a big major redesign there. Right. So if the eight is what they're truly talking about, that's their whole thing. We're going to sell the eight, and they, and here's the weird part. They've said that this is the company that has predicted all these Apple releases forever. They've said that the iPhone eight, if it comes out next year, would be get this twelve hundred dollars. But wait, it'll have 256 gig hard drive. Do you need it with a cloud? Uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I I know people that have six, seven thousand pictures and videos on their on their phone now. Sure, I, but I don't know how much of that is actually stored on your device. If you have any, anyway, my point is twelve hundred dollars. So we we've gone to the point now where we've gone from eight hundred to a thousand dollars for kind of the top end plus size, right? Top hard drive, all that. Twelve hundred dollars now it just, could get up to, and I, I'm sitting there going, "Yeah, but you can buy a a, a, a Mac Air, a MacBook. You a can MacBook buy you can buy, you can buy a MacBook. It's not a MacBook Pro for twelve ninety nine. Why oh, would you God. get a phone for that? I don't know. It's to be determined, I suppose. I don't know if this is inflation. I don't know if this is going to be so good. I mean, it's they're they've removed the headphone jack, and now Johnny Ive has removed the home button. Uh, so you don't need that anymore. You can apparently home button anywhere on the screen. Uh, it's all that touch reflex technology that they've got in the screen, but the the OLED surface is going to go end to end the whole front of the phone. There's going to be no borders anymore. It's the whole front of the phone is going to be the screen. Yeah, which it, just, it looks the screenshots I've seen so far, it looks pretty amazing. I just want to see like a Mortal Kombat fight between you and Johnny Ive someday. Oh God, that guy! As much as I love Apple, I spend so much time complaining about them on this show and and just you know across social media. But you know, I ha- I'm sitting here lo- recording this show on an iMac 5K, yeah, and I'm talking looking- about my Apple TV in the living room using yep. my Airport Express uh, router and just you know. Uh, I'm definitely an Apple fanboy for their products, but there's certain things that when you are that in love with something, you get really upset. And then there's the AirPods. And then the AirPods. AirPods. Uh, officially came out or launched today as well. They didn't really launched. They've just been so delayed <laughs> yeah. that they're finally out now, and we've seen reviews for Hey, it's for not them. easy to make uncabled headphones. You know, okay. We didn't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where to go with AirPods. Uh, I want to believe that there's a reason why they're getting rid of all the cables. We've all had Bluetooth experience in our cars by now. It's not the best experience. There's wireless necklaces and uh, headsets and stuff that you can use, and they're not the best in the world. There's connectivity issues. So I don't know if this was the best move. The the trailer that I've saw, I saw where the guy was demoing it, it, it looks pretty elegant. It looks pretty seamless, but... 
I, I, I'm anxious to see where this goes. Am I going to go out and drop $160 for a pair of wireless earbuds? No, but you said it tonight that if you had paid $800 for a phone and those ear pods that were wireless were built into that price, you would have been really excited about it, right? I, I would have I would have done that, yeah. I, it might have encouraged me to go buy an iPhone 7. So uh, I, I don't know that I'm going to voluntarily go out and buy a set of them a la carte just to use with my current 6 Plus that I have, that's not going to happen. What's the difference between that and a Bluetooth headset, honestly? I've got three of them yeah. that I already use. So uh, I did hear some cool technology, and we'll put the video in the show notes for you guys, where Siri's built in. You can double tap on the EarPod itself, and it'll activate Siri. I don't know if anybody gives a shit. Great. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I don't know if this is a misstep. Is this a failed product launch? Uh, you know... It's failed because it wasn't on time. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, but you'll take it when they give it to you, and you'll like it. That's right. That's the Apple way, right? Uh, last week, we talked about Amazon Go as yeah. a, this new startup pilot grocery store that's happening yeah. in Seattle. And I, I think there's a bigger story to tell here around Amazon because I read a really good article. Uh, it was kind of counter to the approach that most people have. You know, Most people are like, oh, my God, I love Amazon and Prime, and I can get anything. And the dark underbelly of that is... Uh, look, they are using robotics heavily. There's no warehouse workers. The only people that are actually employed there that I know, <laughs> know about are systems engineers and robotics engineers that are paid to maintain the robots. Uh, but, you know, they don't sweep the floors. They don't have that kind of stuff. There's no stock pickers. There's no shipping and receiving. It's all automated at this point. And UPS and FedEx just show up and pick up stuff, pallets yeah. of stuff. Yeah. So I, I don't know where this is going to go. What does that mean going into the grocery store. The side effects of that are that brick and mortar suffers even more. This whole fight for $15 an hour that we have going on here in California, uh, that's that's getting undermined by the use of kiosks and automation. So we're, Seattle is getting, uh, the article said that Seattle was seeing a big turndown in the amount of people that had really good paying, like middle class, blue collar jobs. Uh, in that kind of skill because of that stuff. So is Amazon really that good of a thing for Seattle or the economy or the brick-and-mortar mom and pops? Now, over 5 million Americans work in retail. So if you take automated uh, robots and have them do all of these things that you're taking out of stores, just a grocery store, just a Best Buy, just a whatever, um, the only thing that humans might do in those situations, like in an Amazon Go store, is actually go stock the shelves with more bananas or more steak or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the deli. Is there going to be a robot butcher yeah, cutting steaks so. and putting shrimp kebabs? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know. And, and, and I'm not saying that the AI could never be as good, but like right. you walk into a place and you want to buy a piece of meat, like uh, beef, There's you, you look at the steak that you want and you say, I want that one. You could say that to a robot, but somebody's got to cut that and make it right yeah. and, and, and trim the fat off. And, and they show up at five in the morning and yeah. with boxes of tenderloins and they cut them into fillets. So yeah. somebody does that job. Uh, it just makes me think that. We're going to get away from that. Shit's going to be even more prepackaged, and I don't know where this goes. I think I think um, I read somewhere that it, that our economy used to be built on a bunch of manufacturing giants, and now we're into a, getting into a common uh, an economy with Google and 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 Amazon and Apple, where technology giants are the people that are, are running the economy and are especially going to run the economy of the future. Uh, that could be a really good one to uh, to talk about in the future because I'm anxious to see where this goes. I don't know if we'll see it in the next year, but in the next five years, I think we're really going to start feeling the effects of this stuff. So the last one more little thing about Amazon here is uh, they made their first drone delivery. This week, an actual one, right? Not like a like, like a Not video a test. Yeah, and a, you said it was in the UK. Yeah. Uh, so it, I know they the FAA here in the US said no, 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 you're not doing. You're flying drones around cities, but they did it in the UK, and if they prove it works, it could have some impact. So I don't know where that'll go, but they did it. Yeah. They delivered toilet paper to somebody's house with a drone. That's nuts. We got to break that down. Break it down. Hey, Andy. There's another pay-per-view this weekend. Another one? <laughs> Roadblock, blah, 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 blah. I don't know what the tagline is, but uh, yeah, it's we get another pay-per-view on Sunday. Look, WWE is going to be really light this week. Uh, there's a lot that happened, but there's a lot that didn't happen. And the big takeaway for me this week has been that the New Day surpassed the 25-year record 
It's been held for 25 years by the old tag team in the 90s, Demolition. Oh, let me ask you this before yeah. you continue. Do you remember the two names of the uh, tag team guys, Demolition? This is a good one. No, not without Google. Axe and Smash. Yeah, remember that? Yes. 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 So Axe the New Day has officially, as of Monday Night Raw this week, broken the uh, tag team title reign. Yes. And I think they're up to 480 days yeah, at this point. Yeah, 480 days today. Yeah, you're right. So I just, wow. That is a year and three months. Yeah. Do they need the titles to like be over, though? That's the thing about the New Day. I think it's healthy for them to continue to do that because they're, they're, the creative is doing a good job of continuing to... They had to, play, they had to fight in two triple threat tag team matches on Monday night. Because they were tr- they were trying to play it up where they were just going to take the take it away and oh they won the first one but let's throw them into another one you yeah, know, of course just, right just the evil kind of heel McMahon sure. thing right uh, so they were trying desperately to do it and they pulled it off with this crazy victory you know it it was really really good on Raw to see them do that and it just made them that much more over I think it's I don't think there's anybody else on Raw on that roster right now that would do as good of a job holding those belts as they do fair enough uh, I will tell you this. Uh, I w- care about two matches, three matches actually in in Roadblock. Number one, the main event is uh, Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns might win just to just to be the champ, so there could be something that happens going into next year. I care about the uh, the uh, Sasha Banks and Charlotte Iron Man match yes. or Iron Woman match, if you want to call it that. Sure. And then if Seth Rollins fights Chris Jericho, which is going to happen, I'm going to watch that. Here's the other thing that happened for me in the WWE universe: Booker T is running basically maybe might run for mayor of Houston, Houston, Texas in 2020. What? Yes. Okay. Okay. No, wait, here's, here's something about that. So if, if Booker, no, it's not like he has like a fake name, like Booker T's like his name, his, his actual given name is Booker T Washington. So he would be either mayor Washington, but I like the idea of him being mayor T mayor. Yeah. I like him. I like him being mayor T, which would mean that he would outrank Mr. T. That's kind of my oh, thought. Oh, yeah. I did not even or think would about he, that. Unless Mr. T from Chicago decides to run for Chicago mayor and then, become, and then become Mayor Mr. T, which I think would be awesome. <laughs> yeah. Mind blown. Mind blown. All right. Well, enough about that wrestling hibbly bobbly boop. Let's talk about <laughs> some video games. Uh, I have to tell you that there is a video game that's going to come out next year that I did not know that I was going to be this excited about, but I think it might possibly become my all-time favorite game. It looks like the perfect video game, and I mean that sincerely, wholeheartedly. It has every element. I'm talking about Mass Effect Andromeda. Do you remember when I sent you this text uh, last week and and I watched this gameplay trailer, which uh, I had not seen and then I just stumbled across it and I was like, oh, and I'm a huge fan of the Mass Effect series. And uh, and, and I, I, I remember stopping like everything and I was like, I have to text you right now. And I think <laughs> I texted you something like, stop what you're doing and watch this trailer. And your response was? The beginning, I was like, yeah, yeah, this looks like Mass Effect and they're flying around and it's you know over the shoulder third person. Oh my God, look at all those weapons and, and tech and oh, oh God. And the UI of the, the health bars and just everything. And the level design and just like the planet design and like all of it. Like it's got all the all of the things that made the original Mass Effect trilogy so good and it just and it looks like it's it's just a, like an expansion in like the next gen like um uh uh play space if yeah. you will. It's it's kind of an open world in space but at the same time it's got those elements of a shooter um and the interaction of a choose your own adventure yes. where I mean just everything. Yeah. They nailed it. And I really hope it delivers. We've got to wait three more months. I think it will. We think. We think. The, oh. the supposed release date is March 21st. That's, that's the rumor. And I think they're going to try and hit that. Yeah, I, I can't wait until uh, till I get my hands on that. I'm hoping that they do a beta in the next month or two. Um, but yeah, March 31st, I think they said was the... March 21st, yeah. March 21st, that's right. Uh, I can't wait. That's This is going to be a long three months having to sit and wait for that one. But you won't have to wait for something else, because oh. tomorrow on your iPhone, you might get to play a game that may change your life in the mobile world. Go. I think this is going to be the most successful dollar-for-dollar game of 2017. What is it? 
Super Mario Run. Yes, and it's coming out. If it's not out right, you're probably listening to this and playing it if, yes. if you're listening right now. <laughs> it is midnight here in Los Angeles. This game will probably be available in the App Store for us in about 10 hours when we wake up in the morning. This is the real deal. It's like playing Super Mario Brothers on your phone. You just have to hit a your single thumb and like make Mario jump. But then like we were watching a video of this and like there's all kinds of stuff like you can play against friends somehow like over the internet and you can unlock like Luigi and Toad and Yoshi and and I, I it's it's everything you want and you don't have to buy a $300 Nintendo system. You guys thought Pokemon Go was big this past this year? Yeah, this is going to This out is going to just annihilate what the the craze that Pokemon Go was last year, and I don't know if we're going to get idiots walking around swiping up trying to throw Pokeballs at fake characters, but everybody loves Super Mario Brothers. Everybody loves that universe and the characters and all of that stuff. And to combine things like the running games, like Temple Run or something like that, that was huge. Yep. Put it in. Put the Mario universe in there. Put it as a left to right scroller, yep. not as a, a horizontal or a vertical scroller. Put all the, the, the elements of playing the Super Mario games, like the flying Koopa shells, taking yep. enemies out, all the sounds, all the characters, all of that stuff, the mushrooms and the stars, and it's got it all. And I'll definitely put a, a link to the video, the gameplay video, in the show notes for you guys. But just skip that and just go drop ten bucks on the App Store and, and buy it because like, I it's amazing. I would have just played the like the me jumping around and like trying to beat a board like I was playing the original Super Mario yeah. Brothers. But then when I saw that you could actually like, oh, this is my thing. Like you try to beat me. Like I could play you online somehow. Like I've just seen like, and I don't know how it works. This game isn't well, I out think yet. I do the run, and then you can play against my ghost based yeah, on that's how. Awesome. How does it do that? That's, I don't like, know. It's like words with friends. But with Mario, oh. it sounds great. Mario. It's a me, a Mario. <laughs> uh, Pokemon Go can suck it. This is going to be the game of 2017. <laughs> you heard it here first. All right, so one that I didn't really, I got kind of a meh uh, response. It looks cool, but I don't know if I can pl- put a lot of time in it. It was uh, For Honor. Yeah. We saw some gameplay of this, especially a multiplayer uh, battle. It's been in development for years at this point. It's been at the last two E3s. Yep. Uh, we basically it looks like a, a medieval control match if you're familiar with Destiny or a battlefield controlling points, right? Uh, but you're except you're using a giant broadsword and you're a Viking, maybe, or you're a samurai, or you're something else. Um, it it uh, it looks like it's an Ubisoft game, so that's from our friends that made the Division. Boo. Um, but they also made Rainbow Six. Yay. Um. The, the big trailer that they dropped today was not gameplay again. It was all like these amazing like cinematic cutscenes. And that's right. the thing that, that scares me is like if you're trying to sell a game just on these cinematic cutscenes, okay. <laughs> it's good. It, it's great. I would just rather watch Excuse it. Me. Yeah. Sorry. I would just rather watch the movie that you're going to make with the cinematic cutscenes. Just show me gameplay. Show me that it's awesome. Right. I'm going to hold out on that one. I, I don't want to neg it too hard until it actually gets out and we can play it. Apparently, they're doing an open beta in January next yeah, month, yep. so a couple of weeks. Yep. Uh, so we'll play it, and we'll let you guys know what we think. Um, speaking of the Nintendo universe, let's go back, yes. circle back to that yeah, for a should. second. It came out that the Nintendo Switch is going to support GameCube titles in the Virtual Console, so not just the old classic and N64 and Super Nintendo titles, all the way up to GameCube now. There are a number of quality games that were on GameCube. So if you add that universe into the virtual console, I mean, I'm all for it. Yeah. And if you can then take them somewhere and be portable with it, that's even cooler. So, um, again... I just want to get them for my... Um, uh your 3ds but you're you're not you're not sold on the switch like i've already bought my switch in my head just like i've already bought my nintendo <laughs> just like i've already bought my nintendo classic i may never get them because of the right. limited fucking supply of all this shit but uh the more the more games that they have in their library that i can then now play on the newer systems great yeah but uh yeah super mario run <laughs> it's going to is gonna is gonna basically trump all that no kidding in any scenario, I just love to live in the Nintendo world. Well, speaking of worlds to live in, um, I think we live in a special world today as consumers. And the re- the main story that we want to talk about tonight, I've aptly named, it's an ad-ad world. Okay. What I really want to talk about, there's been a lot of stuff in the news recently about fake news. Yeah. And I started really thinking about this because fake news has kind of always been around. We just used to call it clickbait as recently as a year or two ago. What's clickbait? Clickbait is this thing where they write controversial or catchy headlines. You'll never believe what Andy Nelson did to this guy today at, at blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Okay. 
okay. Right? And you're just like, oh, my God, I got to click on that to see it. Well, what do you oh, get yeah. when you click on those? Uh, those it's You go to a website, and it's just littered with Google AdWords and buy this and blah, 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 blah. The whole page is just ads. Or I don't get to right? see the article, and then like some like thing like goes over my screen. Pops and it's up. Like, yeah. You get subscribed to 10 different porn newsletters. And sure. You, you just have no idea what's happening. Okay. So, so, that's, so that's where a lot of this that's comes clickbait. from. Okay, that's clickbait. In the beginning. In the beginning. <laughs> There was this safe way that you could use Google AdWords and other various affiliate marketing sites to add, make a little bit of side money on your blog or on your website with videos or whatever it was you were doing. Uh, but now we've gotten to this point where the there is such a drive for third-party ad revenue. People have figured out how to make entire livings, if not millions of dollars, off of this and capitalize on being fake. And, and kind of leading people on into these kinds of websites. So I kind of wanted to talk about this as a bigger picture because it's become so prolific as a consumer for me to just swim in ads in everything that I do. And this, while it started innocently enough, I think it's almost gotten out of hand to the point where, you know, even the mailboxes, I can't go to, I intentionally don't empty my mailbox every day. I don't go and, and open that door maybe once, twice a week because I know that 95% of what's in that mailbox is just paper advertising. Okay. Uh, I intentionally run ad blockers on all of my browsers because I know that 99% of websites that I go to are going to show me a bunch of ads. Before you can read the article that you want to read? May, and that's what it's kind of turned into. We'll okay. talk about that in just a minute. But I, across almost every website, blogs, uh, every um, YouTube videos that are monetized, yes, you can skip the ads, but the ads are there. You see right? at least the first ten seconds. You know what they're right. what they're selling you. Uh, we talked about earlier this uh, on an earlier podcast episode uh, about how the average viewing of a football game uh, constitutes sixty three minutes of advertising. Yeah, and you if you watch an entire season, you came up with some math number where it's like thirty days or some shit yeah, of advertising. It, was it wasn't me, but it was like if you just watch the red zone, like and yeah, if you just watch the red zone, it's 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 you you don't have to watch all the commercials you would watch if you just watch uh, the games from the morning and the afternoon, and yeah, so yeah, you're you're you you don't watch all those commercials. No, so sporting events, talk radio. I don't know if you've turned on AM radio and listened to not a live sporting event call, but just the typical drive home talk radio crap. It is every two, three minutes they're cutting to ads. No, and then they run 10 minutes of ads, and then they come back and they talk for two to three minutes, and then it's 10 minutes of ads. Uh, podcasts. Yeah. Uh, as prolific as people left talk radio and started doing podcasts so they could have more control over the advertising. And you'll hear this podcast is brought to you by... Blah, 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 blah. Right, right. You know, we're going to get to a point where we can even take advantage of some of that stuff to help support continuing to to make these episodes, buying better gear, making better quality sound, all of that stuff, right? That's really what drives all that. But now it's even made its way into podcasts, uh, especially the bigger ones. If you listen to really big uh, podcasts that have huge followings, you can run up to three or four of those on a one-hour episode. Yeah, like like a perfect example, like I listen to Stone Cold's podcast. Yeah. There's a lot of that, like at the front end of it, at the end of it. Like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, Chris Jericho's podcast, we're talking about stuff that we listen to, like or like even a Destiny podcast that I listen to. They stop in the middle of it and they're like, you should, uh, you know, we're doing this podcast on blue microphones. And like they make a point of stopping to say stuff. So yeah. Yeah, the one that I listen to the most about uh, World of Warcraft is called The Instance. It's yeah. done by the Frog Pants guys, uh, yeah. Scott Johnson and Willie Dills yeah. and uh, and Terpster. Sure. Um, but every time, this podcast is brought to you by Doghouse Systems, and they they say all of that stuff. And uh, kudos to them. They're making good money. They have a huge following for, for that series of shows. The thing that I wanted to really get to today is that I think we're almost numb to it as consumers. And I think there's going to be a point where... We've started to do this a little bit with ad blockers um, and try to just numb down a little bit of the just constant bombardment of advertising that we're getting. The funny irony of this, though, is that the websites are starting to get smart. Okay. So they're figuring out how to do the trace buster buster kind of thing where they figure out if you've got an ad blocker, they know how to get around that ad blocker's blocking ability. Give me an example of that. Um, so you go to a website, typically it would block the ads. But the people that run the website have figured out how to subvert the ad blocker and still show you ads. Huh. 
right? Facebook is a fantastic example of this. Okay. Facebook has some of the best software engineers in the world building that platform, right? They figured out how to detect if you've got a, an ad blocker, but they'll still show you advertised suggested posts. Right. Right. The right. Internal okay. Stuff. Yeah. There was a time a couple of years ago where you didn't see any of those sponsored or suggested posts or any of the advertising that was on like the bar if you're on your desktop. Sure. Right. You still see them on your phone because there's not really an ad. There they are, but they're not up to anywhere near what the computers are. But there's that. And then there's the other side of this, which is mainly around the news and periodicals. Where if you go to Forbes or Bloomberg or Huffington or any of your local newspapers, Washington Post, uh, L.A. Times is even doing this now, I believe. This is online you're talking this about. This is online, digital newspaper, okay. the major circulars, right? They'll You'll load up the website, and if you've got an ad blocker running, they will prevent you from seeing the content. Oh. And pop up a box. Yeah, that's actually happened to me. Yeah, they'll pop up a box that says, either whitelist us so that we can show you ads, or... Pay us five dollars a month to uh, to get an ad free experience. So wait, uh, go back. Whitelist is that a term for like okay, I'm willing to watch these ads? Is that what you're saying? It means that this website is safe. Okay, right, which means that it's the ad blocker plugin is not going to block any of the ads it finds on that particular WashingtonTimes.com. All right. right? Uh, the problem with that is that, in my opinion, they have, they have made a bet that you are willing to either whitelist them or pay them money to read their content, that you find their content so valuable that you're willing to do that. And I hate to say it, that's not a good bet. No. Because every time one of those come up, I click out. I'm done. I If you're going to block me from reading your content, I'm not going to come read your content. If your content's good enough, I will then support you Right, but if you're gonna inadvertently just block me from seeing anything, uh, I'm I'm just I'm sorry. I'm gonna check out and go find the the content somewhere else. Now that you say that, like I, I think about this. So like sometimes I'll go to like a thing and I'll run into like an ad like that, and I'm running through uh, some. I can't go read that. So you know what I do? I go right back to the search engine, yeah, and I look up the same thing I was looking up, and I go to a different site that doesn't have it. So Bingo. that's it's interesting that you say that. So the interesting twist here is that where do we go from here? We've got We've got major news periodicals that are blocking us from reading their content Online. because they that's really their only way of making money. Either you have a paper physical subscription uh, that gets thrown to your doorstep every morning or you go to WashingtonTimes.com and they need $5 a month from you to be able to read that content. And I get it. That's really their only source of income. Yeah, is selling advertising, selling spots inside of the physical newspapers, and selling ads uh, on their websites. I understand the plight. The problem is you need to do a little bit of honor system here. If people like your content enough, give us a thirty-day cookie or something like that that allows us to love your content first before you make us pay money to read it. I see what you're saying. So that's that's my only gripe about it, and I I think we're th- this this is still evolving. I don't know if we're at the end of this or not. No, we're not. On the flip side of things, you've got Hulu and other experiences that are allowing you. I have Hulu Plus. They just call it Hulu now. So do I. Right, and it's twelve dollars. I'm willing to pay twelve dollars a month for instead of eight dollars. Let me rephrase. So net it out, I'm willing to pay four dollars a month to see ads a or doll- to not see ads. A dollar a week. A dollar a week. And for a paper, you're going to charge me five that five dollars a month to not see ads on your website, and even to ingest your content, right? So it's it's a very it's becoming a design model for all of these different things. YouTube at this point even allows you to skip the ad after the first five to ten seconds. Yep, right on mo- in most cases, you can uh, turn off your ad blocker and see the ads so that the content creator can get an impression, right? So that somebody's seen it. And if we're talking about ads, we're talking about simple stuff like, okay, I have a DVR. And yes, I signed up for DirecTV now, but uh, for the next month, I have a DVR still. So I'm going to go back and I'll watch a show. And then when it gets to commercials, I'm going to fast forward through the ads right. and not watch them. And then they don't want that. They want, they like, I think you're, I think you're onto something here. I think the advertising companies are doing whatever they can to make sure that we have to see it. 
And that's right. and that's what you're talking about. The YouTube, uh, watch it, skip it if you want. But you at least saw a little bit of it, so you saw the car drive by. So you might want to buy that car. Um, you're watching a sporting event, and then you might see this one thing. Like I'm, I'm switching channels, but you might see, like they're 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 not fighting for your 30 seconds anymore. They're fighting for like your two seconds, right? Because that they that's get they paid get. the same. Yeah, good point. Right? Good point. They get paid the same whether you watch it for two seconds or five seconds. And when you're talking about DVR. DVR inclu- when it records, that's a viewing. Okay. When you fast forward through them, that means fuck all. Yeah. It means nothing, right? When it records it, it rec- that that counts as towards Nielsen. That counts towards all of those numbers, right? So they're getting the revenue off of that just by you DVRing it, whether or not you ever watch it, right? That's what happens. That's that's what's going on in TV. It, it, this spans everything. And I think that's why this is worth talking about because I don't know where this goes from here. I don't know what the next thing is. How do we as consumers circumvent advertising in the future? Or how do we convince advertisers to stop just bombarding us with so much buy, buy, buy? Okay, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Look at this from the advertiser's perspective. Like These people have to like try and sell us their product at some point, sure. right? So where do they go? If they can't do it on TV anymore because we can fast forward through the commercials, that's weird. If they can't do it on the internet because we can skip through an ad or have an ad blocker, what do we do there? And if we can't do it on the newspaper, which nobody reads anymore, how do we do it there? And if you are listening on the radio or you're listening to a podcast and they make you say it, you know that's that's the that's the the thing that I was dealing with in some of the shows that I was working on. There would be this thing called integration. So in the middle of a scene of a show, you'll see like a character or something. Grab, obviously, grab a product and be like, "Wow, this thing is delicious!" But it's like part of the show, so you wouldn't fast forward through that because it's a character that you like right. doing that. I'm like, "Wow, this this can of uh, of diet coke is delicious. Look at this!" Or look, I was gonna go over there, but now I have to stop and eat this McDonald's cheeseburger. Like it's like like oh, so like there's this integration into programs themselves or product placement or all that sort of stuff. But you're right. Where does traditional advertising go from here? I don't know because a puppy chasing horses does not make me want to go drink a Budweiser. No. Uh, A polar bear playing around in ice and water cartoon does not make me want to drink a Coke. I think we've gotten so freaking abstract with the way that advertising is done today it's just trying to play to your senses and at the end it's ah coca-cola that's a good thing and, and I, it's really an interesting thing you bring up right there because the when's the last time you went to a movie theater you probably went with me to see uh star trek beyond star right? trek yeah so okay we're gonna go see rogue one in a couple of nights right yep. we're gonna sit down in that theater and we're gonna expect to see trailers but we're probably not you know why because before we see those trailers, there's probably going to be a bunch of Coca-Cola ads and a bunch of other stuff. And like, yeah. hey, like the, the, the hey, here's the, the sitting in the theater. And they'll have like a host like Maria Menounos. And she'll talk about like, you should be watching this thing. And then like, they'll tell you about the stuff that's coming on the Xbox while you're sitting there waiting for 20 minutes before you, <laughs> yeah. before the movie starts. They use that 20 minutes now while you're sitting there because they know you're going to be there and they know you have nowhere else to go and you can't skip it. That you get to watch at least those things. Maybe that's the way. I don't. Uh, well, that and means- if it's if it's not just billboard ads, like as far as video, like actual telling you, like you need to buy this. That's the spot. Now that I think about it, now that of all those things you said, because we have the ability to skip everything else right now. But when we're sitting in a movie theater or we're sitting in a stadium, they will show you that, and you have no choice. Like, look at the Kings games we go to. Buy this popcornopolis. Buy this thing. And there's uh, like, it's but there. it's fun and interactive activities where it's hey, tweet this with a hashtag Bailey, bring me popcornopolis, sure. whatever. And that's it's hey, do that. But either way, either way, they they've shown you on the on the yeah. on the jumbotron. Like that's the thing. Yeah, and you have no choice. You have no other uh, other place to go. You can't you can't skip it. Well, you, you used a phrase called, you said traditional advertising. And if you go back to the 50s and you watch like Ch- old Chesterfield commercials, <laughs> yeah. you know, smoking helps me get through the day. And yeah. it, it tells you like what it is, what it does, how much it costs, where you can get it. That's advertising. Yeah. A freaking puppy chasing horses has fuck all to do with Budweiser and I could care less. Is it adorable and cute? And all the girls go, eh, it's awesome. Yes, and those are the commercials where what is kids acting crazy and doing stupid shit make me want to go get Mountain Dew and Doritos? No, but those are the commercials they're making, and it, it's turned into an entertainment venture. Yeah, where they're paying millions of dollars for these abstract kind of spots instead of just doing the basic things like what is it? Why do I need it? 
How much does it cost? Okay, where can I get it? Yeah. That's that's marketing. That's advertising. That's yeah. PR. I, I don't understand how we've gotten so out of the, Why do I need to see a woman and a man sitting on a beach to convince me to take Cialis? Oh, well. Right? Why do I need to you're see... Not, you're not the target audience there, but yeah. <laughs> you get my point, though. I mean, yeah. you, you can't watch a sporting event without seeing GMC truck and... Uh, and Cialis and Viagra commercials anymore. Well, because that appeals, yeah, but that appeals to a certain demographic. Sure, like, I get that, but it doesn't. Them sitting in a bathtub on a beach doesn't make me want to take Cialis or drink a Corona. You know, that that's my point. Is the f- they're missing the all of the information? They don't tell me anything right about that stuff. I guess what you're what you're trying to figure out is how do we get rid of it, right? Or how do we make it fucking useful? Uh, I don't, if it was useful, I don't think I don't think we can ever get rid of it or make it uh, useful. It depends on like that's just consumer like how did that affects the, uh, affects you. Uh, I don't think we can ever get rid of it because we're, we're still going to need to know what's out there. Yeah, right. There, there's still going to be some kind of advertising, and you can disguise it in like a news article, like the stuff that we've read today. Like we're like, hey, Apple's uh, uh, like oh, this trailer's coming out. Like we talk about this trailer like all the time, right? That's basically advertising. We're advertising this trailer to any of our listeners. Like, you should go watch this trailer, which is basically telling them to go see that movie. I mean, but that's more akin to water cooler talk. That's not, okay. that's not paying uh, but a company. But at the end of the day, it's still advertising in a way because you have to go see that. And then, yeah. and then, they, and then, and then the thing that they watched was advertising, right? Oh, well, you just blew my mind. I did. Sorry. It was advertising, and then the thing they watched was advertising? Well, but what I'm saying is, like, we're, we're advertising to our listeners to go watch the Spider-Man trailer that we talked about, right? And the people that are in charge of advertising for Sony said, this is the trailer that you need to show to people who might watch it. I will gladly tell people how amazing Spider-Man is if they, Sony wants to pay me a million dollars. Yes, but we just advertised tonight... That we think it looks awesome, so we're we're kind of like so, okay, right? There's so what it we're, is. So we're not traditional advertising. No. We're 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 red- talk show radio hosts. Yes, but we're you know? also redirecting to go watch something that people also think is cool. And so now we've become kind. Maybe that's it. Maybe that's it. Maybe we just found it. Maybe we're the people that are. That maybe we're the new advertisers. Maybe maybe the word of the mouth. May, uh, and, and this has happened a little bit in the tech industry. I don't know how much in the consumer industry, but you see bloggers, you see fitness bloggers, and nutrition bloggers, and tech bloggers, and all of these things. Where now bloggers have moved on to podcasts and video content on YouTube, and you'll see their spots come up, right? Or they're being hired to be spokespersons, spokespeople, spokespersons, spokespeople. Spoke, spoke. Folks, anyway, <laughs> uh, for specific products, you know, hey, try this, you know, male enhancer, vitamin, doodah, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where any of this goes. All I know is that I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of ads. I think I, think, I can't take much more I think of it. We're, I think we just hit it. I think the, the traditional style of like the 30-second commercial on a television show or an internet program is not there anymore. I think... In order to convince people to get something or to consume something, it's going to be inside of an actual legitimate, we'll call it legitimate, or an actual article, or or they're using us or people like us to to then uh, to sell it. Well, look, I think I think advertising has evolved over time. I think this whole fake news phenomenon we're seeing now is just an evolution of clickbait, which is just an evolution of ads. Once people figured out they could make entire livings on it. So I, I'm curious what you guys think if you're listening. Um, come leave us a comment on Facebook. You know, let us know what you guys think. Are you tired of ads? Are you running into problems? Are they becoming so cumbersome now that there's certain websites that you can't even read or view anymore because you're just swimming in pop-ups and all of that stuff? I, I'm fascinated by that whole craze and why people continue to go to sites like that. So uh, you and I are big fans of Jurassic Park. And if you remember in that movie, the whole reason Jurassic Park exists is because they were able to take uh, uh, dinosaur DNA out of the amber, which had uh, collected the fossilized uh, dinosaur DNA, DNA. right? So here's the thing. In uh, China, locked in amber, they found a fossil that is 99 million years old. What? Yeah. And... Not only that, you can find this thing, and it, uh, the the fossil remains also had feathers, which now further proves the theory that dinosaurs are true dinosaurs are true de- descendants of birds. 
So imagine like a T-Rex or whatever walking around with feathers, right? I, I would have figured it would be reptilian and scales and all of that well, stuff. Well, that's what we always grew up with. But right? but science over time has proven that they are descendants science. of birds. Science has proven that it's descendants of birds. And you should look this up. Uh, this happened this week. 99 million years old, like I said. Oh, God. Dinosaurs with feathers. So <laughs> that will bring me to what I will now call our lightning round. All right. So when you were a kid... And I, when I was a kid, it was all about like dinosaurs. I loved dinosaurs. I, you know, I knew all of them. So here's here's the lightning round. Ready? Name as many dinosaurs as you can. Go. Uh, T Rex. Yep. Stegosaurus. Yep. Uh, Bra- Brachiosaurus. Yep. Brontosaurus. Triceratops. Tri- yep. Stegosaurus. Ankylosaurus. Pachydinosaurus. Hippopotamus. That's not a real dinosaur. Um, megalodon. <laughs> yeah, megalodon. Uh, Ichthyosaurus, which is like the fish one. Uh, the pterodactyl. Yes, right? good one. Velociraptor. Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, the, what was the one in Jurassic Park that spit the venom with the with the the big like? <laughs> oh, the one that got uh, Newman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know what that one's the called. Newman, the Numenosaur. Numenosaur. Dilophosaurus. He was his was own called. dinosaur in that movie. And there was uh, the campies, or the little ones that oh, ran yeah, around. Oh, yeah, the killed, little door on the beach. Yeah, and they killed Peter Stormar in yeah. Lost World. Remember that? <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, they just pecked him to death, I guess. Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, if you like this show, please give us a review and a, and a like on uh, iTunes. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your feedback. Come give us a comment on the uh, Facebook post. Definitely want to hear what you guys uh, think. Uh, or if you see Andy and I at the bar. Yeah. If you happen to be here in L.A. Uh, Irish Times in Culver City. Definitely check them out every Monday night. Monday night metal madness. Yes, every Monday at midnight. Yes, give a give an offering to the Council of Hats. Yes, come by and ask uh, the Council of Hats a trivia question with a beer. Yeah, we'll see you next week for Rogue One. Later. Bye. This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.